Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Treehouse, episode 25. A tremendous hem with Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, welcome aboard, everybody. Here we go again with another two hours of fun for old and young without the slightest hint of vulgarity. And there is much to discuss. I know I say that mm. every time, but people think it's just a, a rote, a pap. Uh, no, not a pap, a pap. No, Napoleon Pepper. <laughs> a tremendous ham. Now, you, you, you had to be <laughs> listening before we started today to make... <laughs> I know. Now we're, now, oh. now we're just... Uh, we're just it's been in, a long day already. We're just indulging ourselves and that's not fair because there's so much on the agenda. Uh, we're going to go, go off first before the show starts, and the show starts any second now. Uh, we're going to um, Micronesia. Oh, oh, okay. my, oh certainly Micronesia. There, there might, it, it, there's the many Nesias. There's Nesia. Mm. You've got Nesia. There's Nesia. And there's Nesia. Uh, there's, I thought it only came as... There's small Nesia. Minnesia and Micronesia. Uh, they, they, they is there kind a of, poly as well? It's po- or Polynesia, but there's plenty of those. Uh, but this is distinct from all of those. Uh, because it's today that Guam was um, uh, became part of the United States. Quite happily, apparently. Guam. Uh, now, Guam is extraordinarily remote. I lo- I'm all about Guam. Uh, is it an island? Oh, yeah. So Guam's a proper Guam, Guam's a tiny, tiny... In Micronesia is one of the bigger in Micronesia. Okay. But... Um, <laughs> uh, uh, in, in Guam, if you're born in Guam, you're automatically a citizen of the United States for a start. Mm. And they get a kick out of it. They're not looking for independence. They're way out there. I mean, they're one of the most remote places you could Where possibly... Where are they? No. Well, it's, 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 it's south of the Isle of Wight. Way, way oh, south. Okay. It's down, right, down you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's over... You. I think it's between Japan and Hawaii. Don't ask me for details when I get into these reveries, perhaps. <laughs> uh, so um, the US... The capital is um, uh, Hagana, but the most populous uh, town is... Dedo, and I've been looking. This is all worth staying with. And um, they, uh, as I say, they're American citizens and they're kind of, um, it's not in Latin, but it's Guam, where America's day begins because the oh, sun comes up over that's there. charming. So happy birthday to Guam, USA. But uh, Guam's near neighbour, it's got only one near neighbour and it's not very near, I think it's about 500 miles away, 
is Wake Island. Oh. Wake Island over there. Uh, and Wake Island is where the HMS Dashing Wave was wrecked in 1870. And the crew uh, thought, well, you know, they, they fought against... They were on the reef and they fought against it overnight. And in the morning said, abandoned ship, got off in a longboat and took with them uh, two buckets, uh, some wine and bread. And then when they got to the uh, island, they found that there was no food or water on the island at all. Oh. They brought no clear water with them. It's like coronavirus. They, exactly. So there it is. And when, when people are listening to this in a year's time, they'll say, man, that, that, that absolute carbon dates that show. Uh, so uh, they got to there, but there was nothing. And this is the bit I found when I was at half past five this morning researching this. I could have rung you up and oh, told you, yeah. saved people hearing it. Uh, they attached a blanket to a, a, a long piece of wood on their boat and blew away again. I didn't think you could do that. I thought that was only something you see in... That seems a bit easy. Swiss Family Robinson. Yeah. They put up a blanket as a sail and away they went uh, and uh, they were 31 days at sea and they had no water. So the people on... There were 13 people on the boat. They were allowed one glass of wine a day. <laughs> Now, I, perhaps you know, I enjoy, I enjoy a glass of wine. Yes. I enjoy a glass. I'm not going to lie to you. If I'm, I'm 62. Don't look at me like that. I can have that. But being a bit parched and about, I don't know, half past 12 with the sun beating down, go on and give us it. And it, it wouldn't... It'd be warm. It'd be, oh, warm. It could be vinegary it, red. It, it, it might be my vinegary. Guess. Even if it's superb, you don't want it when you get, there's no glass of water around. 31 days. And then they reached Strong's Island, which was OK. Strong's Island, right? <laughs> I promise you, this this might be worth it. Uh, and when they got to Strong's Island, that, that was all right, because it's sometimes known as Cosray. And uh, uh, it's still going, Strong's Island. Uh, it, it's, it's quite populous compared to all the other ones around there. In fact, on Strong's Island a few years ago, the Cosray Nautilus Resort, which is a very popular resort if you want to go that far, was owned by Doug and Sally Belts. They wanted to return to Australia, so they all they, they did a raffle, a worldwide raffle. And a fellow called Joshua in New South Wales won it. And so he owns it now, and it's debt-free, and it makes a fortune, and he won it in a raffle now. Wow! You see, this is it. We are so... You mentioned coronavirus. Here we are in Europe, thrashing away with our everyday problems and, and your Brexit and everything else. Hey, Micronesia, they, they, you know, they're, they're unaware of such things. They're out there uh, in, in, in this Cosray or, or Strong's Island, where we're on now. They have the best-tasting bananas in the world. Oh, now I'm in. The best-tasting bananas in the world. But they also have flying foxes who avail themselves of the best. This is all going in the planet. And here we are in greasy, grubby old old street, <laughs> not looking up from... Honestly, what are we doing? We're given 70-odd summers in this wonderful paradise spinning through space, this big theme park, and no, we stay in our own streets. And over there, flying foxes are eating the best bananas in the world. I'm saying the good Lord gave us a raw hand being human. We need to check on our list to see if we have singular listeners... In Guam. If anyone's ever been out to any of these, indeed, um, Wake Island and and Strong's Island. When he got to Wake Island, (laughs) so I started looking up the history of Wake Island. Um, Has it since found food? No, that's Guam. Oh, right. No, was it Guam? No. No. That was Wake Island. You're right. Wake Island. No, there's nothing going on on Wake Island except. How long's the show been going now? Except... Well, they've taken our clock away. They've... they've quite right. It was useless to us. They took it to a show that needs it and occasionally looks at it. Um... (laughs) Uh, 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 they went into this uh, Wake Island and it was notorious in the first half of the last century because of uh, feather poachers 
feather poachers, huge international uh, outcry because uh, Japanese boats were making their way there because the feathers were needed. And I'm looking at you here, Peps, for ladies' hats. Oh, yeah. well, and yeah, they, true. They, they were all protected, but... They, they, all they, my bonnets. Here we are, and this is the last thing. These are the most prized uh, feathers from um, okay. uh, Wake Island. The Lazen Albatross, the Black-Footed Albatross, the Lesser and Greater Frigate Bird Feathers, but number one feathers were the Mashed Booby. The Masked, sorry, the Masked Booby. <laughs> some, some, people, some people prefer it mashed, but the Masked Booby was the number one oh. feather. And people made their See, way right out there. back to there. humans being right absolutely the, Right the way out there, just a... Uh, 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 and just take the feathers out of the birds. Probably say thanks very much. So, happy birthday, Micronesia. Maybe we deserve what's happening to us all. There is that. There is that. And this show, by the way, if it goes out on the Saturday, not if. Well, no, if it goes out on the Saturday. It's, uh, my, it's, it's my Wendy's birthday today. Oh, my wife says, my wife's happy birthday. birthday. Wendy. I looked up who she shares it with. Very weak. It's very thin. Sorry, Wendy. It is. Lord Snowden. These are the best I could find. Lord Snowden and Paul Davis of the Happy Mondays. That's, that's a thin hand in birthday poker. Who'd you share yours with? Well, I'm quite fortunate. It was. It used to be quite dull because it was Dean Kane who'd played um, Superman. Um, <laughs> Terrible Jim Core out of the cause. But now, J.K. Rowling, who made it Harry Potter's birthday as well, 31st Did July. She? So that's quite nice. Ha- every Harry Potter book starts wow, on the 31st yes, July because it's I've Harry never, Potter's birthday. See, I always think it's fixed in the stone, but of course not. Over the mm. last 15 years, bang. There you go. What a great hand to have. Mine, um... I all, I, there's a few others, but it's uh, Todd Rundgren, which I couldn't be more, oh, ha- couldn't I mean, be more happy come about. On. Couldn't be more happy about. The fates. I told him, honestly, we're gonna, these emails are just... And the calls are... But anyway... I told him, I met him a few times, and no one, you know, I am, I was an early adopter of Todd, and he remains my absolute. I said to him, um, first time we met, I said, here's something, you know why we're going to get unfamously? No, you tell me why we're going to get unfamous. I said, we, Todd Rundgren, share a birthday, June the 22nd, you 1947, me 1957, June the 22nd. Okay? <laughs> nothing, nothing. Now that's something. I did say to him, come on, come on. He's about six foot nine. So come on. I said the same to Jim Core. Did you? Nothing back. When we went over to Ireland to do TFI Friday. You told him nothing? Hey, hey, we've got the same birthday. And what did he say? Nothing. What's the matter with people? Anyway, uh, happy birthday when... <laughs> anyway, we'll see you on the next show because, uh, no, there is absolutely stacks to be getting on with. Absolute mm. stacks. Um, all right. No, I'll do that later on if we get round to it. There's a thousand things in front of me. But okay. uh, what are we doing today, Peps? Number one, people who hate you irrationally. Mm. Number two, this tastes funny. Number three, the world's worst secret keeper. <laughs> Number four, what have you been chased by? Mm. Number five, that's me in the background. And number six, losing clothing. We've got some absolute pips and dandies on uh, most of those. No one has yet uh, admitted to being irrationally hated. <laughs> Can you start work at a place? I mean, I don't know why she, she just don't like me. But it's got to be the irrational one is uh, the way that'll work best. Give us one from over there, Peps. What uh, do you want to start with? This is Colin, formerly of London, now in Ottawa, Canada. <gasps> uh, your first drink. My first alcoholic drink was at the age of around four. I like that he follows this up. 
This probably isn't too unusual. No, it's still quite unusual. Not in France. Not in France. That's a late starter in France. But in my case, it was every day before I went to school. Wow, no. My dad used to keep a bottle of whiskey in a kitchen cabinet. It had probably been there for a long, long time, as it was only Mm -hmm. guests that would take a drink or two on the odd occasion that we had them. However, for some reason, I decided to try it once and, well, continued to try it. Weeks later, my dad noticed the bottle in the cabinet was nearly empty. His first thought was my brother, who was three years older than me. Alan, he shouted. Brother went running and Dad said, take a sip of this. My brother did and went, ugh. So with one down and one to go, my dad called me. Colin! And handed me a small glass, which I polished off and sat there looking quite innocent. (laughs) Have you been drinking this? My dad asked, to which I innocently said, Yes. I'm still not quite sure if Dad noticed the bottle first or if the school had asked questions. But from that point on, <laughs> any liquor was in a more secure place. What, so what, what, what booze was it? Do we know? Whiskey. It was whiskey. It was whiskey before school, age four. Age four? <laughs> I, I, I know. Yes, of course, we must look askance at this and say, well, that's, that's almost like abuse. But there's part of me thinking, man, alive, he can take the pace. He can take the pace at four years old. I like, I like that his dad version was a test. Try that. No, I, I, I The I one often, who sups it down. I'm old man. I can see. I sit my old man at the Sunday dinner table. He'd come back from the Jolly Gardeners and uh, he'd pour himself a Guinness and he could see me looking at it. Always looks. And, uh, and, and, uh, and he said, Want a drop? And I said, Nah, because I'd smell it and it smelled revolting. metallic. And one week with a brown foam, because it used to be, now it's all white, but it's been brown foam, I bottled Guinness. Uh, Go on, have a drop. And uh, I, I, I took a sip, and it was the most revolting thing I've ever drunk in my life. And consequently, I have not touched alcohol since. Of course. <laughs> no, but well, I, you as think a kid, it's going to taste like cream soda or something because the foam looks so delicious. The foam, the foam I could mm. deal with, it was mm. the actual body of the thing I, I found as a, a little... Uh, all right, now we've got a tremendous story here, um, uh, apropos one of the previous shows. If you, This is the first one you've heard. You're, you're missing nothing in terms of there's no narrative, as <laughs> so I'm sure you've figured out. But um, uh, this is from our friend Pete, uh, and, and Pete's referring to something that we said a few weeks back. Listening to a recent show uh, about cheese falling off the back of a lorry. Yes, it was. It was ah, a, yes. the size of a pallet bowl. Some cheese fell off a lorry. Uh, I want to tell you about a cheese encounter I had. <laughs> Now, before I start this, I'm going to tell an old joke uh, to uh, set it all up, because I won't be able to tell it afterwards. And Pete, in the game he's in, will know... Every every profession, of course, has uh, our Amish joke from the last show. Oh, superb, Best so joke I've ever beautiful. heard. But um, uh, I'll tell this little joke and then we'll carry on the email, because it is germane. There's a woman uh, in a state of complete undress indoors, uh, faffing around, and the doorbell goes, and she goes, ''Who is it?'' And the voice says, ''It's the blind delivery boy.'' And she's OK, and she opens the front door and he goes, ''Where do you want these blinds, lady?'' Anyway, <laughs> that's that's the joke. It's not yeah. a bad gag. It's not a bad gag. Uh, but that is germane to what Pete's about to tell us. ''I'm a curtain and blind fitter.'' ''Hey!'' <laughs> ''My nickname amongst some colleagues is in- Incomplete of Peter.'' Although I'm fully aware I do need to focus my attentions and do a good and thorough job. <laughs> incomplete incomplete of Peter. <laughs> you he's not advertising his, his skills very well, he's called Incomplete of Peter. I had no, a, 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 a absolute in Blackheath, there was a fellow a floor layer. Come and do your you know your floor, your antico floors and all that. And he was called Psychedelic Floors, right? And I said, Oh, I love that. So why'd they call him it? And I said, 
because he was in the psychedelic furs. What? And I've never had it confirmed or otherwise, but the, no. the, the people who told me that had no reason to lie about it. I mean, he was in that band, Psychedelic Furs. I said, and he said, now he's psychedelic flaws. He's a floor layer. And as far as I know, he was. I mean, he was in the psychedelic furs, and now he's making an honest living laying floors. Anyway... Oftentimes when I'm doing a job, the customer will sit around uh, and watch me. And recently a lovely couple were working from home on the day I was fitting their new Roman blinds. This particular customer is the boss of one of the better-known cheese manufacturers in the UK. A terrific man who was quite happy to let me get on with my work while he did his. While I was measuring out all the brackets, insisting on aligning this bank of blinds perfectly together and not really want to eavesdrop, I was aware of him, only half aware of him, on the phone. A little while later, I stopped momentarily as I thought, hang on, did I just hear that? I racked my brain trying to rewind and determined that he had indeed just said what I'd heard. And what he'd said was, was this the uh, chap you sold 42 tonnes to last year? 42 tonnes? 42 tonnes. Now, I love a cheese as much as anyone. <laughs> But I've never thought of cheese coming in terms of tonnage. To him, of course, it was the most natural conversation in the world. <laughs> I had a chuckle and went back to my blinds. That is a lot of cheese. 42 tonnes. 42 tonnes. of That's a future name of the programme, isn't it? 42, <laughs> 42 tonnes of cheese. cheese. What you got there, Peps? Uh, well, this is actually... Um... From my friend Jason, uh, who's slowly so, catching his way up. So it's come the to this. We're asking yes. friends to get in touch. Well, because you were talking about rinks and pucks. Rinks, yes, a few, and, oh, and then quite pucks. a few shows ago now. We had um, puck reviews. We had puck reviews from Amazon, and in one of them, it said uh, good for ice hockey or bandy. And I said, uh, well, what else are you going to use a puck for? Because the word rink, of course, uh, is only ever used in, in uh, rectangles of ice. So. And he's written a hoi hoi in a Swedish way with a J. I've been struck by your mention of Bandy, and being Louise's friend Jason, I am now writing to lay claim to being Great Britain's most successful Bandy coach. First, a few Bandy facts. Bandy was actually created on the frozen East Anglian fens and played with a curved stick. The curve, like Bandy legs, gives the sports its. And now, knowing Jason, oh. I'm starting to worry that he's making this up, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> no, because immediately you say Bandy, I think when we mentioned it before, of course you think Bandy legs. Yes. And I think I mentioned one of the few songs that have the word Bandy in them is a, a, a Billericky Dicky by Ian uh, Dury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A rendezvous with Mandy, uh, you know, and she. Uh, Gabriel Shandy, she didn't half go bandy. Uh, but now he's saying the game takes its name from bandy legs. Yeah. I'm not sure about it's it. It's played on a field rather than a rink, but a, albeit a frozen field mm. the size of a football pitch. Frozen fens are few and far between these days, so the newly founded Great Britain bandy team made their way to the Group B World Championships last year, beaten to the gold by Estonia. Oh. Group B is doing quite a bit of heavy lifting there, though. My claim to success derives from being a coach for the last two years for Hammerby Mixed Boys and Girls Under 12s, oh. of which my son Ulf is a member. I was drawn to this calling not by the Lady of the Ice raising a bandy club for me to grasp, but rather more by dint of their being in a changing room when they asked for a new coach. 
Not being daunted by a complete lack of ability or experience, but having an immense sense of optimism and enthusiasm. After two years of coaching Hammerby 09, we have managed to fight their way into the final of the 2019 Hallman's Cup for under-12s, only beaten by our arch-rivals GT76. This means nothing to anyone. No. I do apologise. Seeing as the coaching team for the GB bandy team is entirely Swedish, I therefore believe this makes me the most successful British bandy coach of all time. Though they did spell the name of the cup wrong on our silver medals. Now, one thing about it, and, and again, I'm not... Uh, I wouldn't dream of uh, you know, casting. What you, but Ulf is the son. Uh, his son said, "I think it's a wonderful name, Ulf." It is a wonderful U-L-F, name. But isn't, isn't it Ulf. like being called John over there? Oh, I don't know. I oh, didn't know Ulf. it until, until Jason called his Ulf. son Ulf. I didn't know every, it. Every I only know about four Swedish bands, and every member of them is called oh. Ulf. Ulf. At a- ULF. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was really rare. Well, We've got Paul on the line. Oh, we have Paul on the line. Hey, Paul. Hello. Uh, Paul, Paul, you, do, do you know anyone in Sweden? Uh, oh, quite a few, actually, yes. Do you know anyone called Ulf? No. Uh, yes. You sure they're in Sweden? <laughs> Are you sure they're in Sweden? Because if, if by, by, sheer, by sheer, you know, uh, uh, numbers, if you know a load of people over there, one of them... Do me a favour, get in touch with them and see if they've got an Ulf somewhere in there, because otherwise... <laughs> it, 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 one I'm of, sure one of them will know some Ulf. Well, one of the pillars of my world has suddenly <laughs> collapsed. Uh, why are you tugging our coat, my friend? Well, you were talking about people that you've talked to and not realised who they were. When they when, when it was all over. Yeah, go on. Mm. Um, I don't know if this will mean a lot to most people, but I'm <laughs> sure you'll understand my, it. My, my, dear, my dear friend, the, the very nature yeah, of the... You've just described the very nature of the show. It doesn't mean a lot <laughs> to a lot of people. Uh, continue. Mm. Well, I do like to buy records. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I was on a trip to New York in the mid two thousands, and um, oh, still, that is my there, but there were still some, there were still some record shops open in two thousand, weren't there? They're still they've all yeah, gone. Were, they've all gone. You walk around the village uh, now. I'm, there's a few around still, but yeah, yeah we're, we're lacking. Yeah. So yeah, I went around the record shops, and then there's a pint on my way back to my friend's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stopped at the Lakeside Lounge. Um, I must much missed uh, you know bar and let me be. Uh, another thing that's gone, um, mm-hmm. as well as the record shops. Um, an older chap at the bar saw my bags of records and asked me what I'd bought. <laughs> and uh, one of them was a uh, 45 by a group called Richard and the Young Lions. Um, a group from Jersey, New Jersey, that had three singles on the Phillips label in 66. Me and, do you know what? Um, uh, me and you <laughs> could do an entire hour podcast. Nobody had listened to it, but me and you. It's exactly the information I look for. They're single on the Phillips label. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Get straight on Discogs, yeah. buys them all Somewhere up. Somewhere in Ireland, Danny Kelly goes, yeah. hang on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, so there you are. This fellow's very uh, interested in your purchases. Yeah. And um, when he gets to this Richard and Jim Lyons record, he's like, that's my band. I was the drummer. No. <laughs> seriously, seriously. No. Um, you sure the old, fraud wasn't, look... the old fraud wasn't trying to pick you up? <laughs> But he was the drummer from Richard and the Lions. Well, he did. He did actually look like the sort of person. You know, he was. I'd actually, I'd actually seen the band twice already. Uh-huh. Um, they reformed 
Um, but, you know, no one really remembers the drama, do they? But did, uh, and, so, uh, and, I didn't, I didn't... did you get him to sign... Does he do, that's always the thing. Do you get him to sign oh, the bag or the label? Well, <laughs> uh, well no, n- neither, really, because I just don't really do that sort of thing. But, oh, um, come on, man. Come on, also, man. Also, the picture, the picture on the sleeve he got me wasn't actually his band. They, they were late to the session. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> and they just put someone else's band on the sleeve. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me just ask you a, a broad question. Yeah. Now. What is your holy grail? What are you looking for? You, you come past some mysterious old record shop in the middle of nowhere and you go in there and what do you have your heart in your mouth thinking have they got a copy of this what are you um, looking for come on no my, my list is way way too long well, but, 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 murder your, murder <laughs> your, dar- murder your <laughs> darlings come on give us give us give us one um you asked a hard question because uh, I, um me me ooh. david bowie's rubber band on Deram. i've got a copy it's it's at best at best fair at best, it's mm. fair condition. Uh, and I'm always looking... I'll tell you this, and I rarely make this admission, I got outbid on that about three months ago. Oh. That, that does not happen to me, my friend. That does not... It happens to me all too often. No, I, too often. I sit there with seven mm. seconds to go thinking, I hate to do this to everybody, but pow! <laughs> and I put pow, and it said, you have been outbid. <laughs> There was no time. There was no, uh, anyway. Yourself. What are you looking for? They're all, they're all using those sniper. Um, oh, babe, like, aren't they? I, I was, there were two seconds left. I didn't need to hire a sniper. I was the sniper. <laughs> and let me tell you, it was, and then you think, why didn't but, you? But they, they'd already had a, a much higher bid, a maximum bid, hadn't they? Mm. But it, they, whatever it was, uh, I didn't speak mm. for three days, and the world was the more. <laughs> so come on, one record. You I, were, I, I've, I've, been, I've been there many times. Believe me. What record? What round record? <sighs> I might have a spare of it. Look what a bonus that would be. Come on, one record. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't mind a copy of I Must Be Mad by the Craig. No, I've never heard of that. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> uh, and what is that? Garage? That's a, that's that's garage band. Is it? It's a it's a it's a British it's a British beat group, um, but more in very garagey sounding. Yeah. What sound? What label's that on? Um. Oh God, no, uh, Fontana. Did he say Buddhist beat group? No, 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 no. no but it, it was released British. in the US on Fontana oh, as well. Well, so I, I, do you know what? They're both, equally, they're, they're both as, as rare as hen's teeth. Well, uh, uh, and, and give us that again. It's called... I Must Be Mad, and the band's called The Craig. No, that must be bad. By The Craigs? Can I, can I intervene Craig. here? Yeah, what? Paul hasn't finished the as, original as in, as story. I know Paul hasn't finished his story, but <laughs> once, once he mentions your record collector, I'm afraid, the entire show <laughs> sails out to sea as I, as I hunker down. Uh, he might have had a copy of Rubber Band. So, uh, so there it is. You're sitting with the drummer. You've got your records out. Yep. Go on. And um, we had a chat about old records and stuff, as, as you would do. And um, after a little while, uh, a few minutes, actually, he saw a friend of his passing down the street and uh, ran out grabbing him. Kind of, um, brought him in to join us for a beer. Um, nice guy, named Lenny. Um, we carried on the conversation about 60s rock and roll, new punk scene too, and all kinds of stuff. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, it was a really good chat. I mean, he, he knew a lot of stuff. Um, I didn't say anything stupid. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't contradict him or anything, you know. And and, and, um, and this fellow was who? Well, about half an hour later, the other guy asked him when he was playing next with Patty. Oh, it was Lenny Kay. So it was Lenny Kay. Lenny Kay, now, Lenny Kay, if you're talking to a collector of, and bear with it, everybody else, if you're talking to a collector of Garage, 
and what originally was called punk, not what we know as punk, the original. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Lenny Kay is, it, that's it. It gets no great rules for it. Paddy, Paddy Smith's guitarist, but ah, okay. he, he, he curated an album called Nuggets, which, you know, every civilised household should have. And you sat with Lenny Kay exactly. and didn't recognise him. For half an hour. Well, that, uh, Paul's that's... had your dream <sighs> afternoon in New no, York. No, if I'd have sat down with Donald Fagan and not recognised him, then it'd be, that's what it for me. You know, you sit down, you know that was David Bowie. That's what it's like for <laughs> Paul and Lenny Kay. Well, my friend, uh, I'm going to go through the what I call my overspill. I might have a copy of that. It might be out there. I think I stuck it in inside an old Shadows of Night album. I did. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Paul. I wish. Uh, that, was my, that was my kind of call. I, nobody oh. else's, but my kind of call. Uh, I just want to read you this, Peps. Mm. This, is, this is so beautiful. This is a beautiful email. And uh, if some people found the last call trying, well, <laughs> shape up, I didn't. But this is, this is absolutely beautiful. Let's try this. This is from Andrew. The world's worst secret keeper, it says here. Uh, this is along those lines, says our friend Andrew. I was really into magic when I was a boy and built up a collection of tricks from the Magigram mail order catalogues sent out by the Supreme Magic Company of Biddeford in Devon. I used to take them out of school and try and amaze my friends. The only problem was that if anyone took any interest, particularly if they were bigger than me, as soon as the trick was over, they would force me to tell them how it was done. I couldn't keep the secrets and my hopes of joining the magic circle were fading. The bigger boys would always say, come on, now how's it done? And I would tell them. I eventually wrote to Paul Daniels for advice. And of course, Paul Daniels wrote back three closely typed pages of support and encouragement on beautiful thick paper with his logo at the top embossed in shiny black. Paul told me the thing to do was to keep all my tricks in a briefcase. I should take them out one by one, perform using the case as a platform, and then pack them away again and snap it shut and walk off. The final click of the briefcase would give a sense of closure, the tricks safely locked away, and I would be off before my audience had a chance to start shaking the truth out of me. Of course, I never put this advice into practice. I still shudder to think what would have happened to Magic Andrew and his magic briefcase. <laughs> the big kids wouldn't have stood for that, but I would always be grateful for that letter. From time to time, you hear people saying uncharitable things about Paul Daniels, but I won't hear a word of it. A proper childhood hero. Isn't that beautiful? Oh. Three-page letter, Tank, and that makes perfect sense. Snap it shut, it's closure. I mean, you know, it, it's not closure from, like, Big Ron, who says, where are you going? Give us that briefcase. Who's just give me the briefcase? And they chuck it in the canal. I mean, I don't know if they would have chucked it in the canal, but isn't that beautiful? Oh. And that's a nourishing story. A good deed in a wicked world. What do you got of there, Peps. We've got David. Things that you can't stop. Uh, we took a family holiday in the late 90s to Tunisia. This is things you can't turn off, can't stop. I've got it. OK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also booked a desert trek, half a day riding camels, horses and ponies oh, and, and lunch in a desert town. Brilliant. The first part of the trek was OK, riding camels, etc. Though maybe as another story, I did have to punch a camel full on the snout as it was trying to bite my daughter's leg. Oh, Anyway, at the end of the first part, we were escorted to an area with a large trailer contraption on it with 30 seats, like almost like a single-decker open bus that was going to be pulled by six horses. Mm-hmm. By the time we got there, they only had two seats left towards the front, which my wife and daughter took, this leaving my eight-year-old son and myself with nowhere to sit. 
One of the local guides pointed to the front end of the carriage where the driver was sitting and holding the reins. We jumped up front, smiling at each other. Look at our prime seats. The driver <laughs> smiled at us and upon instruction from his colleague, with a slight snap of the reins, the six beasts began to stroll forward. It was great and we were very excited. After about five minutes, the driver nudged me and handed me the reins. <laughs> with a little sign language, instructed me on how to hold them and control the slow step forward of these six rather fine-looking stallions. After a couple of minutes, seeing I was in control, he jumped down from the carriage and began walking alongside, chatting to his mate. This was a mistake on his part. <laughs> it was at this moment in my head I was transported to the Wild West with uh -oh. a treacherous journey across the plains with my family. It also seemed my eight-year-old son had been transported too and he gave me a knowing nod. In my best cowboy horse controlling voice, I gave a loud yeah and snapped my wrists on the reins. <laughs> the six trusty seeds duly obliged and we went to a slightly brisker pace, but still not quick enough to avoid capture from closing engines. I gave another yeah and a harder snap that of the reins. A lunatic. And the charges began to pick up the pace. It was amazing. The wind was blowing in my face, the desert rushing by, and then I became aware of screaming. <laughs> As we sped across the plains, I glanced back over my shoulder to see the 30-plus passengers in my wagon bouncing up and down in their seats as it bounced on the uneven surface. They were not having the fun that Stephen and I were. I glanced to my left and the original driver was running alongside at a Usain Bolt pace, frantically waving his arms. He dived and grabbed hold of the carriage and was dragged for a short while trying to pull his feet up. I knew my time as a Wild West conquering cowboy was coming to an end as he jumped up front, snatched the reins and gave several sharp tugs to bring the Mustangs to a halt. I was pulled from the carriage by a number of tour guides and out of sight of my family, given a few sharp blows oh, to the ribs. The four of us were then escorted to a jeep, put inside, driven back across the desert to our hotel with not a word spoken on the 30-minute journey. Stephen and I gave each other the occasional glance and smile, but the wife didn't talk to me for two days and we were banned from any future excursions. I just said you don't go, yeah, when you're on a horse. I haven't thought about that, but that's, that's the expression. Yeah, once you do that... Well, I like it says best, David, Dallas, Texas. Now, I don't know if he's having us on that, that well, inspired him no, to a move. This entire programme may be some joke on us by the audience. <laughs> and uh, let's pay them back. Here's an advert. Also from something else. Mel Gedroich is quilting. Listen to Mel and good friend Andy Bush as they learn a great new skill and tell some brilliant stories all whilst having some good, wholesome fun. In a nutshell, I took a pair of scissors and I went into my husband's wardrobe. Now, this comes from a shirt that I bought him that I know he doesn't like. So I'm testing him by... Uh, uh, this is brilliant. Yeah, by finding out when he discovers Amazing. that the shirt has got a big patch out of the back of it. Wow, and which area of the shirt is this taken from? Bottom right. OK. <laughs> Listen now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all good podcast apps. Now, what we must do... Uh, welcome back, everybody. Mm. Uh, not that you've been anywhere and neither have we, but it's, it's you know, it's part of the... Uh, they teach you at radio school. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, now, on the last one, I mentioned I couldn't get asleep. Mm. And uh, so in my head, on advice from you about novels, which it probably works better, decided to do an A to Z of the best films I've ever seen. Uh, 
not the best films I've ever seen, just films. Can I yeah. do Otherwise, you get too bogged down in it. And I've got it with me today, and I'll try and do it for the end of the show. Oh, lovely. Of course. But don't, if you do, if you want to contribute to this, don't make it your favourite films. Just a generator Z. Films you've seen. It is too hard, and it also isn't interesting as ones that perhaps are not as notable, and you've got them in there. Well, I've seen these films. I care for them a little bit. Uh, so we'll do that on the other side of our friend. Who's calling in? Uh, this is Robert. Hey, Robert. Hi, Daddy. How are you doing? Good. Robert, you? Uh, do you know anyone in Sweden? In Sweden? No, I did. We threw at the guy from Sweden. He's not going out. I can't hear you. We'll do, we'll do a turn round and face the uh, Alexandra Palace telescope. Not telescope, area. Uh, <laughs> I can see it there. Oh, there it is. is it always wow. works. Uh, who do you know in Sweden? I, I don't know anyone in Sweden. I worked with a Swede. Was well, he... he wasn't in Sweden at the time. OK, so. OK. Fingers crossed, Peps. What was his name? His, his first name, his Christian name. What was it? Tommy. Oh. Oh. We might have to re-edit this so you say oof, because <laughs> uh, I may have said earlier okay. on. I may, that go. Let's do it again, right? OK, one second. Hang on, one minute. Uh, here we go. Elka, uh, one, one second, right? Welcome back. Not that you've been anywhere, but uh, we, it's what they teach you in radio school. Something we must do is... Uh, Remember the other day you were saying about you couldn't get asleep mm. and you were doing novels? Well, maybe it works better for novels, but I've done it for uh, uh, films, uh, A to Z of films, and I must do it today. And I urge you at home to do it, but don't make it the best films you've ever seen. Make it just films you've seen, because otherwise you sometimes miss some of the minor things. Now, we've, uh, we've got Robert on the phone. Hey, Robert. Hey there. How you doing, Danny? Robert, let me ask you this first. Uh, have you ever known any Swedes? I have, if that happens, yeah. His uh, name is Ulf. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> no, you don't, don't, you're supposed to wait. Now the public will go, oh, they've, re- they've rehearsed that. that you've got, we've got so... We've got, we, we, we got so close. You got so close, and then yeah, his name was Ulf. And then the audience were all going, oh, it set him up for that. If I say, what was his name? You say Ulf, and I had the 1812 overture all ready to go. So why are you tugging our... Why are, why are you tugging our coat, Robert? What's the story? Yeah, well, my problem is I listened to your podcast about a month behind. So the other day I was listening to the 8th of February. Good for you. Um, yeah, and, and, and you referred to a vibrating bed. And this vibrating bed had two speeds and it had a low vibration and a high vibration. This is the vibrating bed. Yes, I did. Mm. And, I, and, I, and yes, there are two speeds. And what did I say? Yep. You said, why on earth would you choose low vibration when you can have high? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, I'll just and gently it, vibrate the bed, yeah. Absolutely. Why would you do that? And it took me back to a story from when I was at... Uh, it was in the early 90s. I was doing work experience in that local hospital. Oh, the, the line is... You're, you're, you're fading in and out, which is a tremendous shame. Ah. Uh, shall we call him back? Look, and when, I call you, when we call you back... <laughs> Let, let's see how it goes when we call you back, because we need this loud and clear. It's a great premise. He wants to tell us about a vibrating bed and why you would choose the lower or the higher. But when he comes back, this little edit, like, boom, you know? This is it was the one they do at the moment, not the Fred and Rose West. They got something about Putin. You should see how many takes they do on that. They're in there eight hours to get 35 minutes of drivel. Uh, I, I, I speak from a good place. It's, they know we're all one family here. I'll tell you what I'll do, Peps. Mm-hmm. Oh, go on, give us that, and then I'll give my Shall films. Give, yeah, what do you yeah. want to do your films? Right. The first two-thirds of the show was brilliant, and it's just all fallen to bits. <laughs> fallen to bits. Here we go. I shall now bring you... Uh, this is in the middle of the night, and I didn't cheat this. In the middle of the night, I thought, OK, here we go. Films I care for, or I certainly have seen, and, and uh, to see if you could help me go to sleep. You'll do sort of a sympathy with that now. Here we go. American Graffiti. 
Oh, good. Blazing Saddles. Chinatown. Duck Soup. Everyone Says I Love You. Follow a Star. It's a Norman Wisdom film. OK, yep. Goodfellas. Hail the Conquering Hero. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Jason and the Argonauts. Kess. Lost in America. Manhattan. Never give a sucker an even break. Oh, Mr. Porter. Paper Moon. Quatermass and the Pit. Road to Morocco. Sunshine Boys. Taxi Driver. Uncle Buck. Oh. Villain. Way Out West. There is no film beginning with X I like or have ever seen. <laughs> Young Frankenstein, Zelig. Now, that wasn't oh. bad, was it? And, and that's you've got to do it without thinking about it. Yeah, I can look around. There's, There's about oh, ten on there I haven't seen, so that's really? quite useful. Yes, mm. it is. Well, uh, mm. uh, on the next show, I want to hear yours uh, and, 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 and plenty of others. But then we, there won't be a show of lists because there's no, no value in that. <laughs> Give us that and then we'll go to our next caller, whoever, yeah, Robert, that, whoever that is. Robert. <laughs> yeah, go on, whoever Robert's that is. Robert's waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. Go on. Back in the, This is getting locked out from mm. Andy. Back in the mid-70s, when I was about 10, we were holidaying at a great hotel in Devon, Blagdon Manor, near Paynton. A family affair, mum, dad, my brother, sister, nan, granddad and a great aunt and uncle who were notifiably insane. <laughs> Our holiday coincided with the 25th wedding anniversary of my mum's cousin who lived in Dawlish. So, Saturday night, we piled into cars and went to Dawlish for a proper 70s party. This being the 70s, on the return trip to the hotel, the drivers were as pickled as the passengers, and not something I would condone, of course. Mm -hmm. On arrival at Blagdon Manor, it quickly became apparent that the front door had been locked and there was no way of getting in, short of going round to where the owners lived and waking them up at this god-awful hour of the morning. They were lovely people who probably wouldn't have minded, but my dad decided this should be an absolute last resort. Perhaps he was too slosh to have walked the 100 yards required. Somebody then noticed that the window to the TV room was slightly open. We pushed it up and set about clambering as a group through the aperture. It was a beautiful sight. Half a dozen drunk adults, not in the prime of youth, attempting to climb through an opening and lower themselves via a three-foot drop onto a floor. Things came to a halt when my granddad got himself stuck and we couldn't shift him, due mainly to the fact he was laughing uncontrollably about his (laughs) precarious situation. We managed to lever him through the window and he had landed with all the aplomb of a £52 bag of spuds. (laughs) Turning to let my great-aunt know it was her turn revealed she was bent double in hysterics. I don't know if you've ever tried to heave a woman in her 50s through a window while she is crying buckets of tears of (laughs) laughter and shaking, but trying to put a wet octopus in a string bag is probably (laughs) easier. Finally, after what seemed like an age, we were safely inside and went off to bed. Next morning at breakfast, my dad was regaling the owners with the tale of our misdeeds. It was greeted with much merriment until the guy asked why we didn't just send one child through the window to go and open the front door. <laughs> Silent <laughs> contemplation. Perfect. Even I didn't see no. that. Didn't telegraph that. Beautiful. My friend uh, Robert, I understand. Someone mm. called Robert on the phone. Hey, Robert. Hey, Danny. How are you? Uh, I've got a pair of us. We both sound world weary. Robert, <laughs> let's do this. Uh, have you got. Do you know anyone who's Swedish, Robert? I do, as it happens. I used to yeah. work with a guy, yeah. What was his name? Oh. Yeah. So, why are you tugging our coat there, uh, Robert? What's the story? <laughs> so, uh, so I, I listened to your podcast about a month behind uh, yeah. broadcast, so I'm not very not very with it. But um, <laughs> in there, I was listening to the 8th of February. Yep. Uh, you were talking about a vibrating bed. And yes. Why we... would you have 
why would you have a, a uh, use the low vibration when you've got the high vibration? Robert, 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 I promise you we're going to cut straight to this, but we're, we're going to leave in all the other stuff anyway. So every, <laughs> everybody's aware of our relationship by now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, the thing is, we was being a real pro we, there. Oh, well, Robert is. He was honestly he put, put me to shame. I thought, oh no, I should have said, look, we're going to leave all the other stuff in. Uh, and so, and so, so but, but you were really doing the right thing there but the point is you once had an experience <laughs> with, a, with a vibrating bed my friend what happened <laughs> well i didn't but what oh. it did it took me back to work experience at my local hospital yeah uh, which was billings hospital when i was 15 mm. uh, and i spent the day in the kitchen mm-hmm. and mashed potato was on the menu <laughs> uh, and given the <laughs> Given the industrial scale, there was no peeling. It was all about smash. Yeah. And there was a massive bucket with a big figure of eight mixing blade in it. Oh. Now, crucially, oh. Danny, yeah. this mixing blade had four speeds. One, <laughs> two, three, and four. And like you say, okay. you should go to one if you want. But what did you do, Robert? <laughs> well, you can imagine. The powder was added, then the water. Speed one for a while just to stop the water sloshing around. And then they left it at two. Mm. And everyone was very satisfied that that was fine, but not me. So I asked them to put it on speed three, and they've never done this before. <laughs> uh, not a chance. It'll be carnage. I'm not cleaning it up, all of this. So I, but I persuaded them we're going to give it a number three. We had huge lumps of mashed potato flying outside the edges of the bucket. <laughs> but here's the thing. How fast would a cheetah be if it only chose three of its legs? It's got a fork, hasn't it, Danny? Come on, my friend, let's do this. So you live... There's only one, you only live... one place to go. Yeah. It's never been done. But that day, I was given all the responsibility, everyone stood back, and I turned the dial yeah. up to four. And? Well, there was a me-shaped non-mashed potato area on the wall behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and everywhere, Danny, everywhere, and I mean everywhere, the ceilings, the floors, the walls, neighbors covered. Well, there um, was no... Robert, the patient didn't y- have to. you're talking to two people here who worked on TFI Friday. <laughs> if it was still on the air, this week we would have that machine and we would have various <laughs> pop stars lined up around it while you, sir, walked forward and went straight to four. Uh, oh, did you, oh, did you take part in the clean-up campaign or did you do the right thing and just run away? I legged it, so no patients yeah. had mashed potatoes due to equipment malfunction. Yeah, and I was sent. I was covered. Yeah. I was sent home on the bus. I don't know what people on the three sixty <laughs> thought of me, but I was sent home on the bus. But you know, I didn't. I didn't learn anything, Danny. If it had to be available, that's what you'd vibrate on. Uh, Robert, Robert I, 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 I want to uh, not only thank you for the extraordinary call. I want to thank you for being <laughs> such a pro at the beginning and thinking. Well, you know, I know how these things work. I'll give them an edit point, but sadly, <laughs> we're going to leave. <laughs> you. Bless you, my friend. Thank you. Any time, any time. That was wasn't that something? Uh, it's just like a group of adults that let a fifteen-year-old persuade them. But would you? Let's turn it up to I four. I would love to see that. And uh, any, <laughs> of course, any stories that arise out of that, we would absolutely love to love to hear from you. Quick one over there, Peps, and I think we get out of people's way. <laughs> well, for, for once, this topic actually is today's topic. This tastes funny. Okay, it's from Adam. Mm-hmm. When younger, my mum served up a lovely salad that both me and my brother complained that salad cream tasted funny. But then you had to eat what was put in front of you, etc. Only after did she realise she had used custard by oh, mistake. Oh, that's a lovely, that's a beautiful substitution. Oh, no. A salad with custard on it. <laughs> I can't think of anything more British. <laughs> 
a salad with custard on. <laughs> Again, a possible title for a future show. And just to make up for any of the faffing, I'll bring you this. This is beautiful as well. Uh, this is a bit of very last one, I promise you. <laughs> one of the few podcasts who keeps apologising for still being with you. So, uh, here we go. This is um, uh, from our friend Ben. In the summer of 1978, this is losing clothing. In the summer of 1978, I'm 14, and I'm messing about with my mate Paul in front of the flats. We started wrestling on the green, and he pulled off my right Dunlop green flash trainer, the one I had marker penned with various band names. If you must know, Penetration, The Damned, Public Image Limited. And he hurled it onto the roof of the flats. There is nothing I can do to get it down, so I leave it. I go home and put on a pair of monkey boots. The shoe is lost. Or is it? Well, over a year later, and I'm walking down the street, and there are four or five streets around from mine, and about four over, and in the gutter is my trainer. <gasps> the band names have faded, but it is quite clearly my trainer. There. As a side note, I think this is interesting. A few weeks after Paul had thrown my shoe away, we were walking through the local arcade of shops, and in those days the shoe shops had one shoe outside on a display stand in case you were feeling of nicking the pairs. Do they still do that? They don't, yeah, do they? I think okay. they do. Outside one of the shops, we saw a green flash Dunlop, right foot, size 7. Yes, we nicked it. And for a short time, I had a curious pair of shoes, one clean and white, one dirty and band tagged. Now, that sounds like a fashion waiting to happen, my friend. <laughs> In the meantime, one, two, three, four. Three Climb up, go in, let's cozy down. Wave goodbye to that silly frown as we chase our cares away. In the treehouse. The fire's on, it's warm inside. We guarantee you'll be satisfied as we laugh the day away. In the Always do, Wisby. On the other side of the table, Louise Pepper is just about to give you a heads up on next week's subjects. How about that? Louise Pepper Napoleon, Napoleon Pepper. <laughs> uh, Phil Wilding and Josh through the glass on behalf of something else. But as always, and particularly Robert this week, it is chiefly yourselves. We'll see you midweek. time on the treehouse what did you find out about your neighbors animals or toddlers making a break for freedom minor local pop festivals and how a favorite piece of clothing got ruined hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.